And I'm like, whoa, listen, homie, the first time you play, it's art. That's when you created it. The second time you play, it was business because that's when you sharpened it. back again for another episode of paving a path and uh on this episode episode number four we've got mr dan collins he's the ceo the founder of whiskey soldier entertainment management they do all types of stuff artist development some really good stuff man and, and dan's just a high-powered positive attitude type guy i enjoy talking with him i think uh you know you folks out there will enjoy this one too um before we get into that, Jordan Miller Sounds, check out my website. Got an announcement coming uh, this Friday, October 11th. Got some new music on the way, and I'm super excited. Uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Without further ado, this is Mr. Dan Collins on episode four of Paving a Path Podcast. Just have a real big time with it. Yeah. Um, That's all it's about. Yeah, for sure. If you're not having a good time, that's, I mean, you're not paving a path. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, like I do a lot of business from a, you know, on a day to day basis. Every day. You know, like it's. Every day's an interview. That's yeah, what every my, day's an interview. Like I work in sales. That's what used to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I work in yeah. sales. I mean, like, and if you don't have a hint of positivity. Yeah. And, and you know what? You're in this, you're in to win it. Yeah. You're not exactly um exactly so what exactly um we'll just jump right into it what 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 is whiskey soldier for anybody that hasn't you know is not familiar with it would you just explain like yeah um whiskey soldier is the whiskey soldier entertainment group and uh that originated from whiskey soldier management um but i I kept running into folks that would be like, man, we got an idea for this or we got an idea for this. Cause it turns out the brand has some creative juices behind it. You know, yeah. folks kind of think of things like, dude, we could do this with whiskey soldier. And so I, um, I'm not very selfish if you will. Like, you know, I well, think that you're helping other people. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I, I think it's just really important to, to have a team. And right. and to be fair to those team members, so I just decided to uh, to bring some folks on to see if I could if we could really flush this thing out. Yeah. And uh, so it's been neat, you know. We got um, a handful of people that I'm excited to announce uh, once we get everything squared away and and taken care of from a legal perspective. And then you know just be like, boom, these these you know I've got some some neat folks that I think will be. Um, Force multipliers in their own right. Yeah. Business owners, got, um, you know, people educated in the music industry and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it seems like it's been building quite a bit. I mean, at least since I've met you, which hasn't been that long, but I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely grown quite a bit. I yeah. Mean, I uh, didn't mean for it to. It, yeah. It just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how it happens. You know, when you met me, way. I was doing pro bono work. You know, yeah. there's, I think there's got to be a manner from which, if you're going to earn people's trust, you got to show people that you can do it. Right. You know? And, yeah. And Especially I, in the modern era. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Like, how do you feel 
um like you so do you you still go out and you're probably always looking for talent right yeah i mean that's probably i think there's seasons yeah um you know i'm in a season right now where i am kind of keeping my Mm -hmm. ear to the floor and um so i've got that well you never want to deny somebody that you think is you know yeah awesome right but you might put them in a situation where it's like hey um to be fair to you and to be fair to me, I'm not going to give you the best that I can give you right now. But I think that you should do these things that would be prudent for you. Yeah. And let's see how you develop. And if, you know, it gets to a point where things have gone real well, then, yeah. uh, you know, we've got a, we've got a, you know, an opportunity to take, take this on together. Yeah. You it's know? just like, going to know somebody in a yeah. respect level of, of something of that nature because if you're like me, I'm the type of person that goes into anything that I do, uh, that I'm really passionate about and I give 150%. Yeah. And I really, you know, I've gone through so many episodes and you have, it may be the same thing for you where you put all your efforts into something with somebody else and they don't necessarily return those same efforts into what they're doing. Yeah. And that can be so frustrating. Yeah. And I can imagine that's a lot of, of what you have to do sometimes. Yeah. Well, I kind of look at artists as executives. I think that the music business has has changed, and the music executive has moved from late, you know, major labels owning masters and things like that, to where the future will hold, where independent labels will be effectively doing all the kind of the framework that you need to to that manufactures a actual business for you. Yeah. So all your distribution, your marketing, your logistics, your you know, all the stuff that it takes, right? Right. But you own the masters. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I think that's been a cultural change. Yeah. That's, I definitely, that, that it won't yeah. be, you know, the, the more and more as we get into the autonomy of people's art. Right. Then labels are just not going to have a choice. Yeah. You know, like, unless we're going to make the art and label ourselves. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I know, right? I and, mean, and that's, that's what effectively independent artists are saying. Do you, do you feel that, so let's say 30, 40, even 20 years ago, you know, a band goes to a label and back in the day it was just, you know, as a band you made a record or an artist and then you pitched it to them. And I'm sure a lot of that still happens today, mm-hmm. but I would say it's probably definitely changed where now like the artist has to have a little bit more than just some music to show for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a as a label, I can imagine. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that labels look at that and say, "Okay, even if they're really talented, we're not going to put anything into it because they don't have this business structure or any any following or anything like that." Do you think there's yeah. still people out there? Basically, what I'm saying, like, okay, you walk into a bar and you hear somebody in the in the likes of Chris Stapleton mm-hmm. where you're just like man this this person is so incredibly good would you put your your time and effort behind that do you feel like uh, people that are in your in your job and and what you do what you're doing with whiskey, whiskey soldier that they they want to do that still i think that for my company and i you know i can't speak to other managers or or of course, you yeah. know how they run, right? And they they might run a completely different thing. I think if uh, I own my uniqueness, yeah, 
Absolutely. And so to that end, I expect when I say that the artist is an executive, I expect executive level decision making. Yeah. You know, yeah. I expect them that they, they take on the responsibility with full intention of leading. Right. You know, right. My, I mean, I got to. I got, I can give you framework and I'll be your creative high five all night long, you know? And I love to do that because that's where my marketing brain goes. Right. Like you say, you play a song and you know, I'm thinking of three different ways that we could market that, you know, or or how would that spin to, um, communicating to your tribe? Right. Like, like that's the, that's the degree that I got. Well, not specifically but it's kind of within that realm it's communication yeah. i got a communication gotcha. degree where'd you WKU, go to school at western kentucky university okay you're from kentucky yes sir yeah. proud. <laughs> proud as proud hell kentucky. Yeah. yeah man i know we've talked about this before but there's some great music coming out of there right now it's just a hotbed yep hotbed the, of good music good people <laughs> it's beautiful man the uh the environment of kentucky music right now is an absolute furnace yeah I mean, they're just churning out incredible music, incredible songwriting, right. artists, you know, and it's diverse. Right. You know, it's not all specifically one, you know, exactly. genre. It kind of goes across the board. It does. Um, and yeah. it's neat to see that there's kind of a collective understanding of that, that, that Kentucky's doing, at least in this moment, you know, like this, this we're having a, we're having a hot, you know, a hot moment. So yeah, cool. yeah. I know that's so funny because, I mean, when... So let's say probably 10 years ago, maybe maybe around 10 years, I felt like in uh, the commercial aspect of country music, um, like Georgia was pretty hot. It yeah. seemed like for a little well, bit. Luke Bryan. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and Jason well, Jake Aldean. Owen isn't. Um, uh, I feel like he's def- definitely he, Jake connected. Jake Owen's from to, Florida, actually. I know he's connected to Georgia. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of writers out of there. I felt... Uh, I don't know if Thomas Red is, but I know a lot of those songwriters yeah, and that has a lot of uh, Georgia, in that aspect, you know, kind affinity. of roots, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, man, Kentucky's just been killing it. I mean, and Zach Brown, how do we miss that one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, the right. Troubadour from yeah. the Ashes comes to play. Like, yeah, Zach Brown, that rock know, star. Man. Yeah. What have um? So what is it? And Wall of Fame Entertainment is you, right? Yeah. Okay. What exactly is that connected to Whiskey Soldier? So I just thought it would be prudent business not to always promote shows under Whiskey Soldier because I think that brand can be limiting. And so when I think about what I'm going to do from a promoter perspective, Wall of Fame Entertainment is a is a bit more house friendly. Gotcha. And so because that house friendly aspect and plus it's, it's got very significant history, right? Or historic aspect to me, like right. I um. But I used to kind of throw parties. Yeah. Right? I just... Who didn't? (laughs) Threw parties in college. And and I had learned from a family when I was in high school, they, every time we came over, we signed their guest book and it was a big thing that they always did. Right. And I just, I don't know. I took that on. That's pretty cool. And so instead of a guest book, I said, I put this like, I don't know, plastic looking thing where you took a marker and you signed your name and we called it the wall of fame. So it's pretty personal to you then. Yeah. That's pretty So cool. I have like three different wall of fames of people that have visited my apartment. <laughs> They've drawn pictures. I mean, it's, it's there's a lot over. of profanity. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Probably some objects drawn. ridiculousness that, yeah. on these, on these wall of fame posters that yeah. I had through, uh, throughout college. Right. And, uh, so me and a guy named Josh Edwards had this idea to have wall of fame management cause he'd dipped his toes in the music business and we're super young. Yeah. I mean, this is 22, 23 maybe right. years old. And, and 
you know, that's ridiculously long, young to consider having a management career. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, you have, and especially you have as entrepreneurs at that age, it's just, uh, that'd yeah. be a tough deal oh, without yeah. significant resources behind us and some real good guidance. <laughs> yeah. And, um, gotta start somewhere though. Right. Yeah, yeah. But we tried it and, um, it didn't work out. There's about, you know, several months into it. Well, it didn't, you know, it never formally got legally put together. Gotcha. Right. You know, we were just yeah. kind of putting that in our name and just kind of get started. Yeah. And I was working with, uh, October Sun. Mm-hmm. I'd uh, kind of introduced those guys, James and, and Ryan, if anybody remembers them, that yeah. old Southern Kentucky stuff. Okay. Um, and then there is Days Divine that Josh was working with, and we we're trying to see, like, hey, man, could we put this together? Yeah. Um, and I'd been kind of in the Christian music scene as a youth minister. Okay. So that was the, uh, that's kind of where it all came from. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And so, yeah. That so was, when you, when you, you said you went to Eastern Kentucky? Is that what you said? Western. Western. Yep. Gotcha. Don't get it confused. <laughs> um, were you in the military prior to going to college? or Smack in the middle. Smack in the middle. Yeah. I tried to go to college and I failed. Gotcha. <laughs> As do many. And it wasn't because I was partying. At that time, I didn't party. That was yeah. before my party phase. Because I didn't get in my party phase until after I was done with youth ministry. Right. So I did three internships right out of high school in okay. youth ministry. And so I didn't do, you know, it yeah. was, I didn't even drink until right at 21, you know? Gotcha. And gotcha. so before then I was in the dorm and I was addicted to video games. Yeah. <laughs> Swear, dude. That's what I did. Could not get off of Halo 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, as many. Oh as my many. God. Just, I mean, it was my first taste of freedom. Yeah. And it was like, go to class or, huh? Yeah. What am know, I going to do? I might yeah. just Nobody's go. telling me you know, to go. I need to maybe play some more yeah. Halo 2 because I'm yeah. getting really close to being a badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't make it professionally in Halo. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so that, <laughs> that sucked. And I go and I, so and I like, work what spawned? Jobs. Was it just like, you were like, okay, you know, was it kind of, I didn't know what I was going to do next type of thing or, you know, after being like doing stuff with youth ministry and you, and you go to these retreats and, and these camps and they have music and, I I enjoyed it all. You mm-hmm. know, I just, I love being in that atmosphere. Right. And so, but I think the real kicker for me was this, we just went to this random show. It wasn't even like a, a program church thing. It was just a show at a church. Yeah. And, uh, they had this band called Days Divide or not, no, excuse me, Solomon's Wish. Sorry. Solomon's I mentioned Wish. Days Divide earlier. Yeah. Um, but Solomon's Wish and they were like, yeah, we're from Hendersonville and, and, uh, playing this church show and they, they said we'd like to get somebody from the crowd up on the stage yeah went berserk <laughs> <laughs> me yeah big I, me <laughs> that obnoxious kid that was like oh my god you can't not notice me yeah right and uh so they were clearly like that poor young man yes get yeah. get that <laughs> help him that attention yeah. starved yeah. young man right there on the stage <laughs> yeah and uh jumped on stage and i did like the chorus with them and yeah. whatever they they were how many people were there you think <sighs> just estimate maybe i'm gonna say 40 to 60 yeah you know yeah. It's, it's, it's a big moment yeah it's a big moment oh, though. yeah I'm like losing my mind <laughs> yeah man. i uh 
And so like that was my moment, my first moment on stage, and I was like, man, this is, whew, what a ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 14 years old. Yeah. I was like, this is nuts. That's funny. And uh, that's, and that, I think that was one of the defining moments for me. That was that yeah. was neat. Did you ever play music at all? I tried. I yeah. uh, picked up a guitar a little bit. I learned through it some, but yeah, I ended up breaking my hand in a fight. Mm. In, in, after 21. Yeah, after 21. <laughs> in the party yeah. phase. Yeah, that's yeah, one of those. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it still hasn't healed. Right. It didn't ever heal correctly. So those two it's fingers. tough to yeah. kind of grow up. So, I mean, bit. there's, of course, I could have gotten over it, but I just got, yeah. I was, you know, through a pity party. I was yeah. like, oh, well. But you obviously held on to like a love for music. And, yeah. you know, because. Would you just say the love for music is something that kind of made you want to get into, you know, doing the management, Whiskey Soldier, and A&R yeah. and all that stuff? And I think that I had a lot of influences at a really young age yeah. that turned me on to music. Yeah. And, uh, like, my, my brother-in-law, Sean, had this CD player that was like a 300-count CD player, something, something crazy. Right. And we would flip through it, and it would automatically go through all these CDs, and... and Sean listened to classic rock. I mean, I was listening to Ozzy Osbourne and The Doors and, you know, yeah. all just Aerosmith and Metallica, White Snake, just all kinds of this rock. Yeah. Rock. I mean, it was just rock. Yeah. And so, I did, you know, again, that's still 14, 13 years old phase. Sean just hammered me with these awesome, you know, <laughs> yeah, this, these it down your throat. legion of incredible rock stars. Yeah. And uh, then... For my 16th birthday, my sister and Sean got me a ticket to see Aerosmith oh. at Starwood Amphitheater. Okay. And I remember, like, I thought Steve and Tyler was a living god. Yeah. All hell. Like, all I've been listening to right? at such a young age, and you're yeah. so creative, and you're just like, man, these guys, they are just awesome. Killing it. Yeah. And I got to see Steven Tyler and, and Stone Temple Pilots. Ooh. I know, you know, right before I was yeah. 16, for my 16th birthday. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I, I think back because um, I was too young to realize what was going on, but my very first concert that I ever went to was Journey with, nice. my, with my dad. Um, he took me with his, his girlfriend, and it was at uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Very and cool. And they, they had, like, this big old concert, and I remember, like, knowing – who they were verbally telling me it was, but I, it didn't really connect with me because right. I was probably like five or six or seven or something like that, you know? Yeah. At, at, and, you know, I don't look at Journey as this crazy rock band or whatever, why they were playing at Universal Studios or Disney World or wherever, I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, I, I just, for some reason, I distinctively remember that moment in my life. Like, I remember, you know, my dad, there was this little, uh, concrete like cinder kind of like uh it was there was a tree and they had planted and they put some like blocks around it and stuff and he yeah. had set me on top of there and i remember kind of just watching and it was like the most amazing thing i've ever seen but i had no idea what i was experiencing <laughs> you know you're just uh, like all the senses are engaged like, exactly you know, like if you're outside you have that fresh air smell and you're yeah. just yeah oh man you yeah. know that's what it was starwood so that was the it was you know, I think it was fall, like right before the winter. Yeah. Like this time, this time in the year. Right. And it was crispy and beautiful. 
I mean, it was just... Man, there's nothing like an outdoor concert that yeah. goes really good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, man, it was awesome. It's just it's just a good feeling to be out there. Did you did you know that you wanted to start uh, this company in Nashville, or were you thinking like L.A. or Texas or New York or anything like that, or why why Nashville if that's the case? Well, as a Kentuckian, I look at it like this: Kentucky's got my heart, but Tennessee's my friend. Yeah, <laughs> never too far away. <laughs> never too far away. They're you know the. The sister state, the sibling yeah. state, if you will. You know, right. just it's, and uh, we home, got a lot of similar, bluegrass, right? you know, yeah. Kentucky is the home of bluegrass, Bill Monroe. Um, and there's a, you know, <laughs> storied, storied musicians coming from Kentucky from years and years ago, you know, for decades. And, uh, but Nashville, the, it's undeniable that Nashville has the, the central location knocked out, you know, so pulling resources, getting those relationships and doing what I have to do from, from that perspective, you know, I think it's really important. And, uh, you know, I don't know if whiskey soldier will always be in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I'll bring it home. We'll see. (laughs) Well, I mean, what do you see in the future for whiskey soldier? Cause I've, I've seen, to me, it seems like it's growing into a bigger, you know, bigger than what I think you intentionally meant it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a good way. Yeah, I'm old you know on, I mean? man. You know, I'm just, I didn't. At what, first, what's it, like the grand scheme of it, you know? I think that, <laughs> you know, I. You want a label? Well, the short answer is yes. I mean, I think yeah. that's, you know, I think that's easy to say. I'd, right. lo- I'd love the. I mean, it'll very much be like a Whiskey Soldiers record deal. Right, or yeah. Or records. Absolutely. Whiskey Soldier records. So there's that. You know, I think that it's incumbent on me to maintain my sharp ear and, and yeah. try to do what I can to be, um, you know, very judicious with the decision-making process as I go on to partner with people. In. Right. And that it's strategically and tactically thought out that, you know, I don't very much like the uh, – you know, that like the holding on aspect of what I'm doing is like, man, I'd really like to keep this at a pace that I can maintain yeah. and, and try Patience to Patience is hard, man. Oh, I know. I mean, it's, Gosh. but I think that if I, if I was to try to get, you know, too big for my britches, yeah. then I'd be, uh, I think yeah. that holding it back for, for what it is right now is, is, is been good. But for the future, I have no idea. Yeah. I think that. I uh, I think it's neat because it's a pretty flexible brand. Yeah. You know, it's a, I think that there's all kinds of things that we can do with it and it'd be a proper thing to do with it. Yeah. You know, that's not a bad thing. I mean, yeah. you kind of just, you know, you let it go with day by day and, mm-hmm. and you know what you're working towards and you're working hard mm-hmm. and you can't always control all these things that happen and. You know, it's just one task at a time kind of yeah. thing sometimes. So I think that's the uh, the best way to put what my future has in play yeah. is that one thing at a time. Right. And uh, so there's I, – I could go ahead and tell you that I have a sheet worked up of, you know, <laughs> yeah. one full page of things that we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the music industry in general, though. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you have this idea, like, okay – 
we're going to shoot for this. And then the roadmap is you know, right, exactly. all crooked and you go here and then you go here. And then five years you're doing this. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. What year did you move to Nashville? Um, the first time that I lived in Nashville okay. as a, you know, person lived here every day. It right. was only for three months before the internship at, yeah. uh, in Franklin or uh, in Brentwood. <clears throat> and who was that with? Otter Creek. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Um, and What'd you do there? Just youth ministry intern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2007. Gotcha. And it was, it was a great experience. I got to meet some really wonderful people. Yeah. And, uh, being in Nashville was really interesting as a, as a, somebody from a small town. Yeah. I mean, 10 plus years ago, it was probably a little bit different than oh, it is yeah. now. It, I was, mean, <laughs> it was very different. Not as you many didn't cranes. scream at traffic every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that, yeah, like, and I'm sure Broadway was kicking still, you know, how it is now. But It wasn't anything <clears> to, <throat> you know, I mean, it was, it was city kind of outings, but it wasn't anything to the degree that it is now. Man, what what is your what's your opinion on Broadway? I just I'm just curious. I mean, just the overall whole aspect of what what is happening, good or bad, doesn't matter. I uh, think that it's very sad that the only two registered historical venues is Acme Feed and Seed and the Ryman. Yeah. Um, I think that there's very good decisions that can be made as opportunities in the future right. to preserve our history. Yeah. The uh the country music history and the music the just the music history of Nashville <clears throat> is very rich and it's very deep. Very. Yeah. And if um if I were to speak freely, I'd say that culture needs to be maintained because okay. it's uh it's the universal language. Yeah. So why don't we speak it? Absolutely. You know, let's 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 keep our music history. <clears throat> so that would be uh the one thing that I think about downtown. I think I agree with that. Um, right before you, you pulled up and, and walked in, I was <clears throat> scrolling and talking to some friends on Instagram, and I, I came across a page that had shared a video of you know some individuals downtown on Broadway, and they just... You know they were they were hanging their ass out, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that happens a lot, and... It's unfortunate that that happens a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because let's let's say this, for instance, and I'm not going to get on a, a tangent. We'll 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 talk about it for a little bit. But, um, you know, if you're a 12 or 13 year old kid and mm-hmm. you your dream is to be a country music artist, and your parents bring you to Nashville and seven eight. You know, 6 p.m. in the afternoon, you guys decide to go down Broadway to maybe have some dinner, uh, you know, listen to some music. And obviously, those kids wouldn't be able to get in on some of these venues after a certain point in time. Or I don't know if it's ever now. Like, it may be 24-7. You got to be 21 to get in. But um, it's just sad, like, Mm -hmm. that those kids could probably see that. And, you know, that would be something that would probably be burning their brains. Where they're like, oh, man, I thought this was, like, something different. Yeah. Um, But it's not to say that we had to go on a tangent about that. I just felt that that was something that... Okay. But, hey, man, if you want to go, we can go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I like to... I try to just go with the flow. If if that's the, the topic, then that's the thing. I think that at the end of the day... Um, 
the Nashville machine has tried to manufacture downtown as a very adult place. Yeah. And there are very few options for children to be entertained. Right. Right. I mean, we can throw axes and drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, and, man. Oh, yeah. So. Throw axes and drink beer. <laughs> That's what we're good at here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and yeah, it's adult, <clears throat> you know, it's, a, it's an adult whatever. background, yeah. you know, backdrop for Nashville. I right. I mean, there's, um, I think that <laughs> that's also to keep in mind that I don't think those incidents would be, you know, I think they're more publicized than they are common. That, you know, hopefully that there's a degree of discretion that, you know, or not discretion, but, you know, like there's, yeah, you don't just let every, everybody on these things, you know, that there's some kind of, all right, well, you know, are y'all all of the yeah. right age and, and things like that before they get on these, um, yeah. you know, transportation devices or, you know, vehicles. Cause I mean, there's all kind of like, there's a, you know, like anything you can think of, like, I don't even you know. Want a hovercraft? Yeah. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was trying to speak precisely. They're all vehicles, but man, yeah. just they come in all shapes and forms. And, and yeah, I think this was more of like somebody on one of those party buses or tractors or whatever. And yeah, you know, it, idiots are going to be idiots. For me, man, it's like when did when did the distinctive uh, conversation of you know. I think that being, I was that idiot. Being, oh, we've all been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've all been there. What's your favorite place to eat in Nashville? Where's that at? Um, tough question. That is a tough question. <laughs> I mean, that so much good sent me to a halt. Because there really is. Do you have a favorite I mean, barbecue joint? Um, I would say... No, I don't. No? I mean, like, I haven't really been a barbecue connoisseur is that a that's sin? not bad i mean you're in tennessee yeah. but <laughs> i'm a burger guy okay where's your favorite burger probably uh pharmacy pharmacy's got some good ones yeah yeah they have I like uh, farmers their entire selection is pretty daggum good i had uh i think they had a bison burger had some jalapenos on it man it was phew, nice. so good so good i had a bison burger once and it was in south africa and I, wow. didn't, I didn't love it. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't on man cooked right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Man. they probably just threw it on the grill. What's and the then... special? Why is it bison special, <laughs> yeah. people? <laughs> Do you eat venison? Um, you know, some. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, Are you a vegetarian? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. It's yeah. just usually chicken and beef. Chicken and beef, baby. And, you know, shrimp. Oh, I love some shrimp, man. I do I'm love from some the coast, shrimp. So yeah, I gotta love shrimp. Yeah, you know? my wife, my wife doesn't eat much seafood. It's crazy. Um, what's your favorite music venue in town? Ooh. Well, can I ask that? And can I ask that in a split? Yeah. Can I yeah. split that up? Yeah, sure. Which one is the best to like put on a show, or the best one to experience a show? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, analysis. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, I think the best one to put on a show is Marathon. Okay, they are professionals. Yeah, they're they're just great people over there. So I would always say that you know Marathon and Exit yeah. that that team. That's of more folks. of like the side that you 
probably work on more is like you know talking to these venues and you know putting a show together mm-hmm. right yeah we had the kentucky takeover earlier this year at marathon and uh working with those folks were you know in in my opinion they were just you know um, sterling professionals yeah and we had a big time and um you know we tried our best to be a, as professional as they did and um and those are the same people that run the exit in yep okay yep. man that's that's probably one of my favorites there. yeah yeah and um, I would say my favorite to experience a show, you know, might be Mercy Lounge. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I know that we had that show together, yeah. you know, earlier this year, but I've always had an affinity for Mercy Lounge. Yeah. Just because when I was, I mean, I would have probably said the original Rocket Town. Yeah. Because that was, you know, where I knew, like, that was my spot when I was young. <laughs> yeah. Where they, you know, uh, had to build a new building. So it doesn't necessarily have the same value from a history perspective for me. Right. But what does and what was around was Mercy Lounge. And uh, so I do have memories from from being younger and hanging out at Mercy Lounge. Right. So that's cool. That is cool, man. Um, I know me and you, when we, we sat down for lunch a while back, we had talked about something that I think is pretty important that, um, may need to be discussed amongst like starting artists and some that aren't necessarily in like the full-time musician stage or artist mm-hmm. stage. And we had kind of talked about, uh, the long, like how there's a beginning phase, there's a middle phase, which is like longevity and sustaining as a, you know, a career and mm-hmm. then like superstardom, like Taylor Swift and stuff right. like that. The anomalies. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, what, and this is for everybody else out there, what for you is important about that longevity and sustaining? I mean, I know why for me that's important, but why for everybody else do you think that's a pretty important deal? And, and that should be, in your mind, it seemed like it was the ultimate you know, mm-hmm. goal. You know, in the late 90s, I thought perhaps it would stand to reason that Pearl Jam had been around for a while. And from my perspective, they had been. You know, they'd been a band for several years at that point. Right. And on the way over here, I was listening to Pearl Jam, and I thought that my fanhood for them never left. Yeah. I was listening to Jeremy and fucking screaming it. You know, it's like, <laughs> Jeremy! <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, yeah, still got it. Yeah. <laughs> You're on stage again, yeah, 14 you know, years old. I'm that, I'm that dude, man. I'm, on the, I'm the highway rocker yeah, that you're yeah. all making fun of. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm there, baby. No shame. Yeah, no shame, man. No, no shame. Not at all. <laughs> and, and I think that the longevity of music speaks to that because guess what? They're still performing. Still around. They're still, still doing performing. it. It's still on the radio. It's still on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. They're still doing it. Current is over. Yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, they're doing it because, you know, I think that there's something to be said. They've been successful. Yeah. There's a lot. You, you We can name several artists that had hit success and decided to pump the brakes. Absolutely. And just say, you know what? Uh, time to do something else. And you, that's that's fine. Yeah. Or they they kind of have longer intervals between when they release music or. Do you think that hit is crucial to longevity and sustaining? Like, do you have to have a number one hit to do that in your mind, or or what do you think? Uh, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a 
several bands that we could talk to right now. Yeah. You know, Aerosmith didn't have a number one hit 25 years in. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't write it. Oh, damn you know? this. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's no... Not that's not a knock on them. That was just the nature of the music business at the time. Yeah, that was the collective ear. That there was, you know, rock wasn't going to knock out pop in the eighties. Right. right. You know, it's just and uh, or or before that. You know, I guess what's what's that? Um, you know, it was I don't miss it. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. That was their number first number one and really yeah. Holy cow! That was. Fairly recent, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, in modern times, yeah, it seems. I mean, Armageddon. You know, that, that was one of my fun facts in the back, my back pocket. I'll have to double check. <laughs> yeah, that. let but, me let me go retrace that. You know, but, you know? <laughs> but but like seriously, yeah. do you know? Like yeah. it's it's been a while since I've remembered that. But I'm right. sitting there thinking to myself, like that's it's it. If that's correct, right. then that would just substantiate my argument. We'll look it up. That you don't right have now. to have a number one to maintain a business. Right, right, right. We'll look it up right now and see uh, see what we're dealing with. Aerosmith's first number one. Yeah, we gotta we gotta put that in there. First number one. First number one hit coming up, folks. And first, I don't want to miss a thing. Boom, boom, baby. How, how long were they a band before that happened? Dude, it had because like it I mean, had when they started the sixties, long like that, time, like that nuts, long time. It said nearly twenty five years after the band first appeared on the Hot One Hundred. Boom, yeah. So, so you, you're you know, right, yeah. Still got some memory left. <laughs> a little bit from the party day. That's yeah, man. To me, that's the ultimate um, like motivation and hope and inspiration for a lot of bands because I feel like in the modern era. It's so like reward driven. Like, okay, if I don't if I don't get a song on like the top iTunes or the top, you know, radio charts or whatever, then I'm not worth anything. These cats are playing for twenty five years. Yeah. Like, we good, man. Yeah. We are good. We're just gonna keep doing our thing. And that goes a long ways. Yeah. Man. I think that it speaks to resolve and resilience. And I think that obviously <clears throat> the aspect of positivity is really, really important. Yeah. Like you got to get knocked in the chin and smile and be like, all right, well, knock that off, you know, keep going yeah, and keep going and then keep going. Yeah. And then, you know, um, <clears throat> it and, is a, it's a game of attrition and just enjoying it, you know? Yeah, of course. Like I mean, you got to eat, sleep and breathe that shit because yeah. there's, it's to me, it's a game of luck. If you're asking me, yeah. I mean, there are some like, you know, attributes that help along the way or like money that could come into play in some certain instances, but I ain't got that money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, like at the end of the day, it's not impossible to find investors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know of investors here in town. Root right. Note. Right. You know, Root Note is a, is a company here in town that if you're a musician. Do you, and- do you feel, speaking on that, do you feel that bands and artists should look into that? I mean, is that something that you would encourage or? Well, I will tell you what I learned from David Chandler. Okay. And David Chandler is a real estate developer and a very, very successful guy in Southern Kentucky. Yeah. And he said, borrowing money was my friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was able to borrow money and purchase real estate and turn that real estate into some, you know, into two and then yeah. into four and then the eight and then boom, 
years and years later, he's a very, very successful guy. And his principle to me was don't be afraid to borrow money. You know, like it's a big step, but don't be afraid to do it. And if you have a, if you give yourself a reasonable chance of success by the scrupulous homework that you do, yeah. by the serious, serious thoughtfulness that you put behind your release, by executing on every show, every show is your fucking NFL Super Bowl. Right. You're in sales. Right. This is show business. Yeah. Let's not, <laughs> yeah. let's not, you know, let's not, kid ourselves. let's not cake it here. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. It I mean, is if this. It, it is, it's not, this isn't nebulous. Right. You have to be a performer. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, if those things are in place. Yeah. And if that's what you want to do. Right. Then you will do yield it. to doing it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's a lot of people that will spin their wheels on the altar of art. And I'm like, whoa, listen, homie, the first time you play it's art, that's when you created it. Yeah. The second time you play it was business because that's when you sharpened it. Exactly. Art is yeah. what happens when you make it. Yeah. And then after that, you oh, got to yeah. sell it. Yeah. So, I mean, that second time you play it, yeah. what are you doing that for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't go through and paint the same picture 17 exactly. times, do they? Not often, at least. Yeah, I was reading an article, you know, now that you mentioned that, I was reading an article the other day that talked about, and I was talking to this about Austin Peckham on the last podcast interview, that, like, there's this kind of this, um, it's like a misunderstanding between musicians and venue owners and like, let's say that musician is trying to book this venue and the musician's going into it thinking, I just want to play my music and I want to play it to the people that are listening. And the venue is like, well, how are you going to make me money? Right. You know? Well, I think it's really, really, really super important that the musicians understand the perspective of the venue owners. Right. The venue owners, just like you, are not in this for charity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean... That's why they trust you as business owners to give them good business. Now, if they if you give them good business, they'll have you back. Yeah. And they give you opportunities to substantiate that you have good business with opening dates. Right. You know, they give people tries all the time. Mm-hmm. The majority of people that I know that own venues have a very pretty open policy, yeah. you know. And there are certain venues that are a little bit more, um, you know. Strict. Strict. Yeah. That, that, you know, but that's that's the venue. That's their programming. There's a yeah. lot of venues that aren't necessarily so terrible, you know, or not terrible, but you know what I mean? Like right. The, uh, yeah. A little bit more lenient. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not necessarily terrible. It's just they're... Yeah, completely. They, yeah. They've got uh, they've got stricter guidelines and, you know, it it is what it is. You could be the best band in the world, but unless, you know, this person on the other end of this email has no freaking clue. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's also, you know, that's, that's another good point. Some of these venues that are, that are more accepting also have more applications. Yeah. You know, oh, like not everybody's, yeah. you know, every Jim, Bob and Tim's reaching out to the, uh, Ryman to play. <laughs> right. They're like, well, you know, yeah. you think you got a chance. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, right? think, I think we'll be there next year. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. So, you know, I think that there's, uh, <laughs> you know, a de- degree of truth that the Ryman doesn't get as many inquiries as yeah. maybe, um, you know, you know the, the folks at Exit In. Or yeah, something. the five spot. Yeah. Something like that. Somewhere like that. Yeah. There's a, a huge pool of musicians in Nashville yeah. that are just dying to get shows. And they're these guys are f- sifting through all this stuff. So stand out. 
right? Exactly. You know, have your EPK look like a fucking rock star. Right. I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's look good. Let's, if you're not in this to, um, to run the fastest race, then I don't, you know. Yeah. What are you in it for? Right. Well, at least yeah. a very good race. And I, you know, I, I don't yeah. think that necessarily, I think that the, the beautiful thing about music is there is a degree of flexibility. Yeah. But to get to the degree of flexibility, I think you have to be the best you can. Yeah. Is that maybe the best way to put it? Like I, to, I to even get within that degree of flexibility, well, you got to be the best version of you. To me, so something about music, unless you're born like grandfathered in, um, like obviously Miley Cyrus has talent. Okay. Yeah. And I'm speaking on terms of like, okay, let's say that, Somebody like her who's got family in front of her where she can kind of piggyback on, but that doesn't even matter because she's just that good. She's very talented in her own respect. Somebody who has zero, like starts from ground zero and builds up, you have to say, okay, I'm going to work my ass off for as long as it takes to be able to get to a point where I feel like I'm like, okay, I'm here. I can sustain this. I don't have to wake up every day and dig so deep anymore. I can I can maybe back off just a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of still but to get there you got to be yeah, you gotta run. fully invested and say, "Okay, I'm going to put every foot down. I'm going to plant my cleats and get into this." Mm-hmm. And um I mean that's just what I think because Unless you know the the hidden secret or the special gate to I go think into. I mean, I, I always think that's so funny. Like, if y'all want to know about hidden secrets and special yeah. gates, man, listen. You know, there's they've got the Loch Ness monster and the <laughs> you know Bigfoot out there, and y'all can Creature jump from the on Black Lagoon, baby, you know, like, of Florida. Yeah. I mean, there's anomalies in business. It's not just music business. You know, there's a dude that sold uh, painted rocks and he made millions. Like what? <laughs> It's what? A really special rocks. <laughs> what? Man. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, his entire business plan was to sell yeah. rocks. Right. You know, like ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was a one hit wonder. I think people stopped <laughs> buying rocks. Uh, you know? A one rock wonder. <laughs> yeah, one rock yeah. wonder. But, you know, at, and, and hey, more power to him, man. There's a lot of things that, that folks that are extremely successful, they have put an insane amount of work into it. Yeah. I mean, that's. If if anybody thinks that if there's if there's anybody under the illusion that people are getting to be that successful by being lazy, yeah, then they are absolutely wrong. I mean, there are people that entertainers that wake up before you do and don't go to bed until after you do, and they do that every day. Yep, every single every day. single day, every and they eat day. cleaner than you do, every and they day. work harder than you. I mean, it's like they are constantly on man and i feel like that's there's that quote or something like while you're sleeping i'm working Mm -hmm. or something like that and that's something that's like burning in my brain sometimes because i'm like i don't want to go to sleep right now because somebody else around the corner is working harder than i am right Mm -hmm. now and they're gonna get my piece of bread Mm -hmm. and uh do you think that technology in the modern era has like helped artists sustain 
and become something or grow and, and be in the public eye? Or, or what do you think about technology and all that in the modern era? I think the technology is something to absolutely welcome. Yeah. You know, that... It's, it still is kind of like saturated things a little bit, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that... And I think that'll narrow down, you know? Like, yeah, I don't think it really matters either. I mean... It's just kind of coalesce. Yeah. You know, there's there's going to be our favorites that we deal with. And, it's like going to a festival and picking right. your favorite act from that day or something. Right, right. You know? Um, but I think technology's been incredibly uh, helpful to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean... What Post Malone was? Was that um, SoundCloud? Was it on SoundCloud? That, I have that, no idea, man. That somebody had found yeah. him, and you know, I was, I was at this thing. Um, I guess it was at ASCAP a couple, about a month and a half ago, and there was the A and R. It was like an A and R luncheon. Yeah, and um, they were talking about <clears throat> just this this really really being compelling and and telling your story and um i think that technology's given people to do the ability to do that yeah and which and, is great yeah yeah I mean, everybody that, has a story yep. you know and some value mhm and so the people that have put a lot of work into telling their story and on with the majesty of song yeah i think have been noticed right you know, so they, they're, uh, you know, what Luke Combs did, like a lot of covers. Vines. That's yeah. on Vine. Um, man, I had followed him on YouTube for like the longest really? time. Really? See? Yeah. You know, and then, and he, then he just, I was like, it's about to happen. Yeah. This is happening right yeah, now in front of it. my face. Yeah. My, I got, you know, I've been listening to Tyler Childers for a while. And love Tyler Childers, man. It was neat to watch it from my perspective because I'm, actually paying attention to the monthly plays on Spotify. Yeah. And I was just, I would remember, I'd go in there and I'd check it again. And I'd be like, <laughs> man, look at him go. You know, just, yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. on the rise. You know, right. it was, it was meteoric. Man, And it, it was, was just something amazing. And I was just like, yes. And it, but you also know that they played over 200 shows or, you know, dates. Killed the pavement. Yeah. All right. over town. Still you know? are. Like, you know, just boom, 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 yeah. boom. And by town, I mean America. (laughs) Exactly, man. He's got more listeners on Spotify than Sturgill Simpson. And the guy who produced his records. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's it's really comforting to know that that many people out there still genuinely appreciate, like, the raw aspect of country music, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Yeah. I think he would agree with that, too, just... You know, it's like America, country radio, American country radio, they feed what is in, you know, whatever they have down their throats. And nobody out there knows any different unless they go searching for it or Mm -hmm. listen to it and things of that nature. But he's worked his way into just about anybody's home, you know, at this point. It's it's, it's been really neat. I, uh, I was at CRS earlier this year and I was in line waiting for this songwriters feature and the guy in front of me is talking to this gal and we're kind of, we've all kind of introduced ourselves because we're waiting in line and you know, what else are you going to do? So we just kind of sit there and, and you know, just uh, small talking and he gets to talking about how he's a consultant for country radio 
And I was like, that's an interesting gig. And they get into this, you know, debate about current country and what's being programmed on country radio. And his response was something that I remember because I lost my mind. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and he's like, the only thing that sells on country radio is positive. And I was like, I mean, the first thing I thought of was strawberry wine. Yeah. You know, I just want to scream strawberry yeah. wine. What happened there? Right. You know, and a million others and a jillion others. Yeah. You know, it's like, wait, you have zapped. The ability, I mean, you've, you've programmed and manufactured this stuff until there's just nothing left. And, and how are you going to say what, you know, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, there's, and nothing against um, some of the country artists that are coming out now. There was a moment there that was really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bite my tongue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, it was, it was like, this is, this is confusing. Yeah. Um. But I think that it's a lot to be said for just appreciating the craft. Right. Like, why would you navigate people? Just, I mean, like, well, one, it's about ad sales. Of right? course. We get that. Yeah. But I don't think that, um, well, time out. I guess I'll correct myself. There's a lot of data that shows that long-form conversation, like podcasts, yeah. are on the rise. Right. Now, I think that long-form conversation is, is an interesting thing because that might be what the pure aspect of country would be. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of talking about, you know, what you're going through. Exactly. And, and, and understanding that there's a deeper conversation to be said. And I think that radio should bring that to its realization. That, you know, right. when Tyler Childers is singing about Feathered Indians, he's going into an entire story. He's painting a story for you. And... Like positive is obviously great. Everybody yeah. loves positivity. Everybody wants to be positive, but let's not forget about the guy that his girlfriend just broke up with him or he just got a divorce or like his you know, like all these things that Right. They're I just mean, setting to the side and some of those songs get played, but it, it Well the proof's in the pudding. I mean they're trying they're spinning this and guess who's beating you? Everything does like Americana. You get beat. I mean, you're getting beat, country radio. Yeah. You're getting beat. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, look at the numbers. Right. And that's because in life, there's two things. There's there's order and there's chaos. Yeah. And you can't just sit in order all the time. Right. Right. And Sometimes think, there's some chaos, and we need to hear about it. And that's the way that we're gonna get through. Exactly. Just real shit. Yeah. That's all it needs to be. And I, you know, I was like, there are people in factories that listen to these kind. Like. I, when I was in high school, I worked at a factory, and guess what? We had a huge, you know, blaring radio that got us through the day. Man, I used to work in a uh, my uncle's. He owned a fence and deck company, and he had a big warehouse. We had the radio just blaring yep. all day long, there. all day long. Yeah. Classic, classic hits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had, you know, it was either between one hundred five nine, the rock, yeah. <laughs> Golf one hundred four. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. you know that's we, we we would call in sometimes like, <laughs> yeah. just to break the day up. Yeah. Because, you know radio is incredible, and if you work in radio, I applaud you. But man, exactly. if you're programming radio, you need to open your eyes up. And I, you know, I'm not yeah. taking that back. I'm just no. come on. There's there's chaos and there's order, and that is a fact of life. Yeah. 
and and people uh, need to hear this music yeah like i that's one thing that i noticed when i moved to nashville two years ago i was like holy shit like there's so much good music out here oh, yeah it's beautiful and it's all saturated in this little tail and nobody's hearing it oh yeah and then you know T- childers comes out and Ian no and you know, all these artists and Leon, like I wouldn't have known for, about Leon Bridges until I moved here. What and it's just like incredible music. Why have people, why is this not on the radio? Is like all it comes down to. It's for a good me, point. Yeah. You know, I, and I think that there's a lot to be said for Pandora. I think that Pandora has really helped out, you know, yeah. that the people are able to, you know what, if you didn't pick the, the station for us then we'll pick a station right. and they do a really good job of, of keeping you within your, uh, Let's say your bumpers, if yeah. it's bowling, you know, right, right. Let's say you want to go there, you want to go there. So it's, and that's so funny. Cause I heard somebody the other day say, you know, it was another, I was actually watching this Clive Davis documentary on uh, Netflix just came out and somebody had said, yeah, it's funny because all these people think that, um, me as a musician talking and whoever it was, I can't remember that I listen to, you know, music that I make. And that's completely different. Like I listen to all kinds of music outside of the genres that I make that inspire me. Right. It's not necessarily just country or Americana or whatever. I listen to R and B and hip hop mm-hmm. and a little bit of rock and roll and all this stuff to kind of, you know, I'm just like anybody else, and so are you and any any other musician out there. Just to I get could the say day with going. fairly good confidence that I could probably sing seventy five percent of the Carter Three album. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shout out! Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can. I, I you know, it just I, made it. It made an impact on you. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think it's interesting when people consider what makes up their musical lexicon. Yeah, you know that that's what is in their their drawer of treasures of music that that's that's hiding in there. Because there's all kinds of bands I could sit here and list off that probably a lot of these people's never heard of, but I am in love with. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Uh, there's this uh, random band, Bedlight for Blue Eyes. Okay. That did this cover for Jumper, and I just thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought, man, what? I mean, they killed it. Right. And then there's this song from a band called Me Without You. It's all one word. Okay. And it might be the most poignant song about adultery I've ever heard. And it's called Messes of Men. Yeah. And so there's there's just the, the, the ability to impact people you have no idea. Now, both of those bands, I think, are still around. But, right. you you know, they're still doing it. Yeah. But you've never encountered them. Yeah. Because there's 300 million people in now. America and there's like <laughs> yeah. 300 million bands. Too, you know? yeah. like, <laughs> you got to pick and choose. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's also going to be neat to see how that plays out because I think the uh, millennial culture is going to be very loyal. Yeah, So I hope so. You know, yeah. once once they grab onto something, it's right. like, oh, man, we're sticking with these guys for the end. And the true appreciation for what it is. Yeah, I know. think that the millennial culture will not necessarily Not waver. worried about the popularity or anything like right, that. Right, right. I don't think they'll waver as much from the... You know, well, their album sounded like this and sounded like this. Yeah. I think they'll also kind of consider, like yeah. well, what's their life going through? Because we right. know them on Twitter yeah. or we know them on Instagram. Just being real. Yeah. We'll be able to kind of navigate yeah. their, their, their albums with them. Right. Um, so, you know, and perhaps that's 
the way it'll be. Well, let's say that there's a millennial out there uh, getting ready to graduate, um, you know, college, or maybe maybe there's somebody younger in high school, and they're like, man, I, I love music so much, and I really want to move somewhere, you know, a heavy popular music city, and I want to I want to manage some bands or some artists, or I'd like to start you know, something bigger than myself with music and a label, what, what would you say to them? What would be your best advice, you think? I think that you should start it longer than 18 or 19. <laughs> 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 if you're going to be in music, that stuff starts early. You should start at like six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as soon as you're in diapers and yeah. like you're born, well, just go ahead know, and start it. I'm kidding. <laughs> There's people that have life changes and they jump into it, and I love that. Right. Um, I think that... The first thing to do is to read up on it, you know, just kind of give yourself some, some honest functional knowledge that if you know nothing, that you start to learn something. Right. And then as you have conversations with people that you can keep up along when they talk about some of the industry jargon that exists and, um, and then and engulf yourself in that environment, you know, go to shows and, and go to songwriters rounds and, and check out what's on Facebook. That's available to go to from a networking perspective and yeah. get in Facebook groups and, um, be inquisitive. You know, that was my entire thing growing up. I knew like immediately after I got off that stage with Solomon's wish after the show was over, I asked them if I could help them load out just, yeah. A little bit of effort. You yeah. Know, something that showed them that you were interested. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's really the beginning of everything. Absolutely. That was the moment where I was like, oh, well, they said yes. Help it. <laughs> they didn't say no. They said, <laughs> I mean, like, and they were just, they were like, sure, man, uh, go ahead and, and grab that thing over there. And it was already kind of cased up. And I just, you know, ran it over to their trailer. And, yeah. and it you was. You were helping somebody yeah. else. And, and so that, that spirit continued. And, um, sorry about that. Um, and I got the opportunity to, like I said, you know, start booking shows or at least being a tastemaker to some of the youth ministers that were doing it. Cause I wasn't old enough yet. Right. And then I got the opportunity to, um, to really kind of jump in, became a stage manager and, uh, you know, kind of talent liaison for when they showed up, I took them to the green room, got them their food. We did the sound check together and. You know, all that stuff when I was, you know, fairly relatively young. You know, that was 20, 21 years old. So, yeah. you know. I tell you, man, it it uh it goes a long ways helping other people, especially mm-hmm. when you have strictly the intention of helping somebody else and no reward mm-hmm. being back from it. But like you said, you know, you just have the incentive to like, I just want to help these guys. I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's all about. So... Man, thank you so much for coming out, dude. This is uh, yeah, man, this has been fun and a lot of good stuff. I feel like you know people hear this, and I mean, a lot of questions that I had was stuff that I was intrigued in, but I feel like other people will hear this and be like, "Yeah, that's a pretty good point." So, man, good catching up, dude. Rock and roll, man. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah. So there it is, guys. Mr. Dan Collins came in, aka the Colonel, talking about his company, Whiskey Soldier, all the great things they're doing. Man, Dan, such a motivational, positive guy. Really enjoyed that one. He'll get you going. He'll get you going. If you're interested in anything that Whiskey Soldier's doing out there in the world, you can check out whiskeysoldier.com. 
Go on Facebook, Instagram, check out at Whiskey Soldier. They're on there keeping it, holding it down, doing their thing. Uh, Till next time, we'll catch you on next episode of Paving a Path Podcast. (laughs) 